0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of the Sports Night podcast. I am Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton, and uh, welcome, like I said, to something brand new for the both of us. This is a uh, a venture that we hope will allow Murray County residents to stay connected to their local sports, um, high schools, college, and uh, also alumni, and just like we will have later on the show, a uh, Spring Hill High School alumnus, uh, Ryan Callahan. He'll be joining us uh, from 24-7 Sports, talking Tennessee football recruiting. And Maurice, um, this is something really exciting for us to to get a chance to kind of do something on our own that allows us to to really highlight the sports, uh, in Murray County.
1: Yeah. Like you said, Chris, you know, it's an opportunity to, um, to bring a focus to some local athletes that, um, we had not necessarily had that opportunity to do or to do it in this manner. And so, um, I think it is pretty exciting. And I think I'd I'd like to think it's going to be, um, worth getting some eyes and ears on because, um, Again, I feel like we're going to be providing something that otherwise may not.
0: Yeah, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen uh, in Murray County as far as other uh, media outlets are concerned. What we do know is that uh, you have been covering high school sports and uh, college sports in Middle Tennessee for uh, a long time. And you, you know, you are established here and people know who Maurice Patton is and uh, hope that I can join those ranks. Uh, obviously, I wasn't a sports writer um, before this um, in Murray County. I was just, you know, a, a, just a reporter who happened to cover sports on occasion. Uh, so I'm really excited to kind of really dive into the sports part of it and uh, get to know these teams and coaches and players uh, throughout the years. I'm really excited.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's some great programs here in Murray County that are that are very deserving of attention and um we're going to try to provide that.
0: Absolutely. So, like you said, we're we're about to uh introduce Ryan Callahan who um a Spring Hill alumnus
1: uh and a, the, and a pretty
0: pretty busy guy these days. Yeah, he he's he, he's um he's really had a lot to to work on throughout the last what six, Ten days two or weeks. so, yeah. two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, the the quarantine has been um, something of a shot in the arm for Tennessee football recruiting, um, and as I mentioned earlier on uh, Twitter on Monday, it, it seems to be a correlation with the um, the sudden excitement of Tennessee apparel from. El, Pre- El presidente from Barstool Sports he's been wearing Tennessee gear for the last about three or four weeks now, and they uh, next thing you know, Tennessee football recruiting goes on a just a tear.
1: yeah i think I think you want to be careful as to um making any positive connotations between that and and the <laughs> pandemic, but at the same time. Jeremy Pruitt and his staff seem to have found something that works with regards to the downtime that that, that, that staff has experienced here over the last couple of months. Well, not
0: just that, but, you know, you, let's give credit where credit is due. They were doing the, – many of them on that staff were doing this well before a pandemic. Uh, there are three national recruiters of the year on that staff. Uh, we're talking Jeremy Pruitt, T Martin, and uh, chris Winkie we're both we're all three national recruiters of the year. So um, this is not something unusual for that staff. Uh, what is unusual, however, is the interesting dynamic of Tennessee being able to keep high school players together. Uh, you know the the White Haven trio from last year. Uh, now you've got St. Francis Academy, who you had a, a signee from last year's class. Now there's two from this year's class for 2021 who have now committed. It's been pretty impressive, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and and from Baltimore to, to Knoxville doesn't, you know, on paper, on a map, doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. you got to come past a lot of programs. Mm-hmm. But um, they seem to have been able so far to make a dent there. In, In a lot of other places. And like you said, um, when you've got three national recruiters of the year on your staff, you, you, you tend to think that you're going to have some success, but what they have been able to do With everything else that's going on in and out of sports. I think you've got to feel like is impressive. Now, obviously, I think you've also got to kind of put an asterisk on it from the standpoint that you got to get them all to campus
0: you're right the the this is just a commitment and while they are hard commitments and they seem to be pretty steady you're you're still talking about um you know you're no fewer than 7 months away from signing exactly. day so getting to to december is the most important part of this and uh we'll see exactly what uh what the experts have to say about that when we get Ryan Callahan on and um, in just a few minutes, we'll do that. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsor. Just kidding. We don't have any of those, but if you want to be one, you absolutely can (laughs) be I thought you were getting ready to break some news, Chris. Oh, no. <laughs> we do not have a, a sponsor at this time. So if you would like to be that sponsor, we have a great deal. Or
1: those Or those sponsors. That's Let's right. Let's not limit ourselves.
0: Yeah, we're not limiting anything. No, we'll, we'll take all the sponsorships we can get. So if you'd like to be one of those, we will allow you to do so. we got some great deals <laughs> for you. And you can visit our website, sportsnighttn.com, and you can be part of – something that's going to be very special in Murray County. All right. We are going to take a quick break, though, and when we come back, we'll have Ryan Callahan from 24-7 Sports on Sports Night. And welcome back to Sports Night, the podcast uh, we are joined now by Ryan Callahan from 24-7 Sports, a uh, Murray County native, and uh, Ryan, welcome.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, Ryan, I wanted to um, hit you up before we get to the, to the meat of this thing. You know, you, as Chris said, you're a Murray County native. You're a um, Spring Hill graduate, Raider, class of 2003, when you went to Knoxville. Did you see yourself in the position that you're in? Was this the plan for you? You know, I covering recruiting, I don't know if that was the plan.
2: Uh writing about sports was definitely the plan. I I, I was fortunate enough to, to get started doing that when I was a junior in high school. Uh, met met up with some great guys in, in Columbia there, Marion Will Hoyt and Justin Land that gave me uh, gave me more opportunity than I really deserved at that age. I had no idea what I was doing and <laughs> got to go start calling in high school games from, from my own uh, high schools games a lot of times at Spring Hill, and then uh, and then they let me start writing as a junior in high school, which wasn't probably wasn't very smart, but they were very kind and they uh, worked with me throughout the the process. And I'd worked for two different papers before I enrolled at UT, so I pretty much was set on it. Uh, but I, I didn't didn't know exactly what this would end up being. So it's uh, that's usually how it goes, I think, from what I've seen over the years. You just sort of uh, hop on and take it wherever the ride's going to take you and hope, hope you make the right decisions along the way. But yeah, it's been, it's been a, a fun adventure covering recruiting. It's definitely a little bit different from what you really expect going into
1: it. Well, I'll tell you, if you know any high school juniors in Murray County that are interested in following in your footsteps, we got a <laughs> place for them. So so come yeah. in our direction.
2: Uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you got to have a certain kind of sickness to do what I did. I think, and uh, especially when you know what the journalism field typically pays, so uh, <laughs> or doesn't know, pay, or doesn't pay. So, so especially in this day and age, I, I don't know what that type of kid would look like, but uh, but I hope I hope for their sake there aren't too many of them out there. Frankly, <laughs> you got to really love it. Yeah, no question.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I started when I was seventeen myself, uh, just after my senior year of. of Uh, high school I I started so I've been doing it a long time and and just just like you did just kind of got started because somebody was dumb enough to give me a space yeah (laughs) so it is what it is and you do have to love it and uh I'll tell you if you're a Tennessee fan you're loving every minute of the last two weeks and uh eh, lucky for me i am a tennessee fan so tell us a little bit about what the last couple of weeks have been like for you covering um tennessee's rise to the number two spot nationally in 2021 recruiting
2: for football yeah so i mean when, when this whole you know shutdown started in, in mid-march you know no, nobody in the sports world really knew what to expect And and early on it's funny looking back on it there were you know, I, I talked with coaches here and there who thought this was going to be just a four or five week thing. And then they were going to be right back to hosting visitors. And I kind of thought to myself at the time, I, I don't think you fully understand the, the gravity of this situation. But, um, but even on the business side of things, we didn't really know what was going to happen. But the only thing I knew was I don't think recruiting is going to stop. So people would kind of ask me, what's what's your job going to be like? What are you going to write about now? I was Like, no, you don't understand. They're going to keep recruiting kids. They just can't come to their campuses. Um, So I knew some things would happen. I didn't think it would be anything like this, though. I didn't think Tennessee would go on uh, some ridiculous hot streak, get 11 commitments in a span of two weeks, uh, build two-thirds of its class, essentially. And uh, and, and during this dead period, there was no reason to think that was likely to happen. So some of this has just been, you know, Tennessee capitalizing on where it was with a lot of players before this dead period. Some of it's Tennessee, frankly, just outworking some other teams. During this time, you know, I, I, I've said all along, you know, I think kids are realizing and coaches, too, it, you know, they're, they've got more time to, to sit around and talk to people. There, there's been much more recruiting going on during this dead period than people ever expected because kids aren't going to practices after school. They're not going to school. They're maybe having online classes in some cases. Um, they're not going to workouts. They're not seeing friends. They're not doing all this stuff they normally do. So they've got more time to sit around and talk to coaches. So it's sped up some things and nobody's known what to do with the uncertainty of when they can take visits again. A lot of kids had in mind making summer decisions anyway, so they've just kind of moved them up and said, you know what, I want to go ahead and claim my spot while I can, and we'll figure out the rest later if I still need to take visits. So it's, re- it's resulted in more commitments nationwide, and Tennessee is obviously the team that's benefited from that as much as any, getting, uh you know, what, 14 guys since late March and 11 in a span of two weeks uh, that, that sort of, capped off this weekend with uh, with three guys committing, including a, a top 100 quarterback, Caden Salter.
1: We're joined by 24-7 um, Tennessee football correspondent, Ryan Callahan, and um, recruiting analyst. And Ryan, as you mentioned, they've got a boatload of commitments, and they're not just commitments, but they are high caliber, um, I guess blue chip in y'all's um, analysis mm. thereof. Commitments. I mean, these these guys aren't just just average Joes.
2: Yeah, this definitely not. And uh, that's that's what's been most impressive about this. People have asked me, have you seen any sort of run like this before? There've been stretches where Tennessee's done well, where they've gotten a lot of commitments in a short period of time. There was one. uh, They they had they had a summer event under Butch Jones that they called Orange Carpet Day. Um, sort of tried to blow it out and make it a big deal they literally had an orange carpet made that they rolled out in the complex when when players would walk in Um, they had had a photo shoot they made a big deal out of it like a lot of the schools do for their main recruiting events they got eight commitments one day one year on on that day of the event Um, so they there've been stretches like this but never have I seen Tennessee get 11 players in, in a span of 14 days 15 days and have it be this good of player each time uh, there hasn't been one player in this stretch that was really a reach or a low-rated guy the three stars if you want to really call them that that they've landed during the stretch one of them they beat out Clemson and LSU for Deshaun Rucker uh, a fast defensive back that could play nickel or safety the other uh, three-star quote-unquote <laughs> and we'll see if he remains there is Tyon Evans the number one junior college running back in the country so all 11 of these guys are good good players they were pretty much all priority targets for Tennessee and they're all guys that uh, I I don't I don't see Tennessee having any second thoughts about them and and certainly didn't uh, don't think that in the coming months they're likely to part ways with them so to do that and to go out of state to get all 11 of them is pretty unheard of usually in a run like this you've got some in-state players somewhere right that hasn't happened here at all so give Tennessee a lot of credit for however they're doing it They're, they're going into other states and winning some battles for good players. Uh, during a time when nobody else is really adding all
1: that many. And did I see where at least five of those guys are ranked among the top ten at their respective position in the country?
2: Uh, without having it right in front of me, I believe that's right. Uh, they, they, I know they've obviously gotten two five-stars during this stretch, along with the top 100 guy in 24-7 sports rankings in Caden Salter. Uh, you've gotten a couple other highly ranked, uh, highly ranked guys, Kamar Wilcox in a defensive back, uh, a guy that could play corner or safety. Uh, Julian Nixon's a four-star receiver. Uh, you know they, they've gotten some some really good players during the stretch. Over the weekend, a linebacker Aaron Willis that's a, a top 150 player nationally, and then uh, and, and then a, a defensive lineman Katron Evans uh, from the same school up in Baltimore, another top uh, top 200 player nationally in the 24/7 Sports composite. So yeah, there, there you see it. Uh, top 10 guys at their position, and and yet yeah, Cody Brown, you almost. You almost forget some of these guys because there have been so many just important ones during this stretch. Cody Brown's almost been overlooked, I think, in some ways. It's been a long time since Tennessee um, went into Georgia and got a top 125 player at running back. Uh, that's that's really hard to do usually, and they beat out Auburn to, to get him. So that, that's been one of the most impressive wins in this whole stretch. And then the one that really started it all and that I say was kind of the biggest surprise – Dylan Brooks, the one of those five stars from Roanoke, Alabama, to go into Alabama and beat out Auburn, LSU, and Alabama for a five-star, who's currently the, depending on which ranking you look at, the number one or number two player in the state of Alabama. That doesn't happen very often. There have been some players who've gotten out of Alabama over the years, but we usually know them pretty well. Jameis Winston got out of Alabama, went to Florida State. Justin Ross, the wide receiver, got out of Alabama and went to Clemson. That they don't happen often. So if Tennessee holds on to Dylan Brooks, that to me. Is as big of a surprise as any of them, even though Tennessee had gotten him on campus eight times in the span of a year. So they clearly had done good work before all this. But to get him in the in, in the class that early, especially, and beat out those teams in that state, that that's hard to do.
0: Yeah, Roanoke is about forty miles from Auburn University. So yep. Uh, Roanoke is definitely War Eagle country. So it, <laughs> that's a pretty impressive uh, grab there. Uh, Ryan Callahan, once again from Twenty Four Seven Sports. Um, Ryan, Maurice, and I talked about it before you came on with us, and I wanted to ask you if you think that what do you feel like is the the overall expectation of the defense for Tennessee in the next two years as they get the the White Haven trio last year? You've got two St. Francis. Uh, recruits in the 2021 class of course last year's uh, in the 2020 class you had a St. Francis Academy uh, player as well so do you think that is you know being able to go in and grab those players and keep them uh, together is something that Tennessee has done a you know a better job than other teams?
2: Yeah now these these those former high school teammates. That, it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. You don't you, you don't see that very often at big programs, especially. You know, I, I think Tennessee's found a unique situation with that Whitehaven trio last year of uh, Bryce and Easton, Martavius French, and uh, and, and Tamari and McDonald. I, I think McDonald's a really interesting player. French is a guy who was, was clearly an SEC level guy too. Bryce and Easton, I think Tennessee saw as kind of the the prize of that trio and just coveted him and was in a was in a spot where they decided, you know what we just need to go after all three. Let's just take them all if we have to. And McDonald's a good player. Uh, French will help us somewhere. He's got, he's got the ability to help in probably three different spots, depending on how he develops. Um, there was enough to like there that they said, let's do it. But most schools won't do that. Um, Tennessee kind of did the same thing with uh, Omari Thomas taking his teammate and friend uh, Jabari Small, a, a guy who's probably going to play running back and maybe slot receiver, that type, uh, type of role at Tennessee. Um, but taking five guys from two schools like that um, to, to get, you know, essentially helping to get a couple of those top targets, you don't see that very often. So they they really um, sort of went out on a limb with that. And then uh, and then also the, taking now the guys at St. Francis, you know, they're not a reach among that group at all, I don't think. But uh, you just don't see it. So they, uh, the, the dynamic there will be fascinating to see. But I think this defense, they've done a lot to to help out that group in the future. You've already added guys, obviously, like Henry Toto and, Kovaris Crouch, um, even going back to their very first class under Jeremy Pruitt, Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor. Um, they've, they've done a nice job of kind of gradually upgrading the talent there and getting it more in line with what they want. They, they had a pretty good defense this past year, but I think they still need to upgrade the talent, especially on the defensive line. I think they, they got better production out of that group last year than I thought they would. They're starting to really work on that group this year because they have to losing six seniors after this year, but you know, to me, the, 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 the where they really have improved the roster the most is probably linebacker. They're, they're working on the depth there now, as you mentioned, with the Whitehaven guys. Um, but looking at the film of the two big-time linebackers they've landed during this run, Terrence Lewis and Aaron Willis, those guys are fun to watch on film. They're fast. They're lightweight, sort of modern-day linebackers. If, if Tennessee's upgrading the speed like that across the board, they're going to be really good in a couple years.
1: Sound like Raynard Thompson. They, they're –
2: they're built like those guys. They remind you of that type of player. Even Al Wilson, who always was uh, probably not quite as big as his pads, made him look back in the day. But, you know, <laughs> those, those, guys all, those guys all could run. Uh, that was the thing that uh, separated them from a lot of other teams. They just had speed all over the field. And that's, that, that sort of reminds you of what they're looking like with, uh, with guys like Willis and, and Terrence Lewis. They're both in the six-foot, six-foot-one range. Lewis is around 200 pounds. Uh, Willis says he's 207 right now. You know, they're, they're guys that probably are athletic enough to play safety if you wanted them to, but at linebacker, you put a few pounds on them, you play them in nickel situations and dime, and they can just be all over the field in any, any spot. So it's, uh, it's impressive to see them adding that kind of speed, that kind of athlete uh, at, at that position where you need that so much in today's game.
1: True story. The, the summer before Al Wilson got to campus, saw him play in the Tennessee-Kentucky All-Star game at corner.
2: Wow. I believe it. Yeah. He was a, he was a pretty, pretty darn good running back in high school, people forget.
1: Yeah, no question. Hey, um, Ryan, one thing you mentioned that out of this bunch of commitments that they've gotten to this point, not a whole lot of in-state presence. And, and as you look back, particularly to um, the job that Butch Jones did, that first class he had, Vic Wharton out of Independence was one of the first guys that he nailed down. And that kind of started that avalanche for them that year. Who do you feel like are um, the top? Their top targets in state right now. Well, I think they've.
2: Class? Yeah, I think they've they've sort of started uh, all along. It seems like really for a while now that uh, in Memphis with a guy that they've liked for a long time, Dietrich Pennington. He's a, he's currently the number one player in the state in 24/7 Sports rankings. But um, you know there there've been it's been a sort of a slow building recruitment, but Tennessee's been there from the. From the start, and now he's starting to get the higher rankings as uh, his, his name gets out there a little more. But he's a big kid, and first time I've, I've met him, I, I just I couldn't believe the physical similarities to Trey Smith, uh, just the way he's built, sort of the demeanor too. He's he's not as uh, he he doesn't smile as much as Trey. He's a he, he's a guy that's just kind of very businesslike, uh, knows knows what he wants to do, and is, is just all about his business. But uh, sort sort of reminds you of Trey and the way that he plays and his size and everything, but. Uh that's, that's a guy Tennessee's coveted and uh, initially recruited him as a two-way lineman. But it looks like he's going to be an offensive lineman in college, and, and they've, they've made him a, a big priority. The other one's uh, Junior Colson at, at Ravenwood, uh, the linebacker, another top 247 prospect, and someone Tennessee's been after for a long time now. And they've, uh, they've, they've kind of put themselves in position to be one of the two favorites for him. It looks like a Tennessee-Michigan battle down the stretch, and he's maybe getting fairly close to a decision. Uh, you know, he's got some people around him that wouldn't mind seeing him end up at Michigan. But uh, Tennessee's done a really good job there. And with this run, like with a lot of players, they've gotten his attention with what they've done on the recruiting trail with other guys. So uh, I think they're, they're still in position to, to land a couple guys like that in this class and, or at least have a chance at winning some of those battles. But I do think this is sort of a weird year in state for Tennessee, not as, not as many surefire, no-brainer types as there were in last year's class or even in the 2022 class looking ahead. A lot of people excited about the talent in the 2022 class in-state where you've got a a top 100 quarterback in Martin, Tennessee, named Ty Simpson. Um, You know, Caden Martin, T. Martin's son, is a a quarterback at Knoxville Catholic with a Tennessee offer. A lot to be excited about already in that class. Um, But 2021, a lot of good players, just not maybe the quality and the depth that we've seen at the top in recent years. So I think this is one of those years I won't be surprised if Tennessee ends up only getting maybe a handful of guys in-state.
1: One really other thing, Ryan, Um, you know, as you look at having this kind of success in April and May, um, is there a concern with holding these guys until you can actually put pen to paper in December at the earliest?
2: Oh, I, I think there's always a concern with that, but especially this year, uh, where, where this has the potential to be a pretty chaotic year. You know, we, we obviously don't know how things are going to resume uh, as, as normal or when that's going to happen. But when guys are able to take visits again, you know, assuming that's that's it, you know, something they can do in the next few months, uh, the fall could be pretty wild. If everybody's back to playing football this fall and you've got high school games going on, uh, you're going to have evaluations happening for really the first time in almost a year. That's the thing with a lot of these kids. is colleges are taking kids based on film from last year for the most part. You know, you're, you're here and there, you're getting some film of some workouts or maybe some seven on seven that happened before things were shut down, but. For the most part, it's a lot of last year's film. And so, if you didn't have film last year, you might still be under the radar right now because of this. So, you're going to have guys getting offers this fall, probably that they didn't have before, that are going to shake up their recruitments. You're going to have guys taking visits uh, that they didn't get to take during this period that they really wanted to take. And that's going to shake things up. So, I think that's part of the r- logic behind schools getting some kids on board like this and having a run like Tennessee's had is we just need to get some guys we like uh, on board right now, essentially. Is how they're looking at it and let's see how many of them we can sign figure out the numbers later basically um, and knowing that you're probably going to lose some of them and, uh, along the way and maybe maybe a higher percentage than usual and, and that you're probably going to be in position to upgrade it in, in some spots if you're if you're fortunate too. so just let the chips fall where they may but in the meantime if you can get a good player that you really like, there's no harm in taking them you know I've kind of pointed out to people they've got 21 commitments right now. They still need at least two more offensive linemen. They, they need two or three more defensive linemen. They, they need a tight end, probably two tight ends. They don't have one yet in this class. They might even need to sign a kicker um, because Brent Samagli is a senior, uh, and, and you don't have a, a kicker really waiting in the wings to replace him. So you've got a lot of needs to fill, and you've got 21 commitments. So obviously the numbers don't totally add up there for a class of 25 or so. So some things are going to change in this class, and they know that. I think they have to – sort of just assume you're going to have some attrition in a year like this. And just right now you take guys that, that you can get as, as, as long as somebody you like, there's no reason to turn them away.
0: Right. I think uh, there's definitely going to be some changes in this particular class, even with the, the 21 they have. I don't know that all 21 of those will be um, there in the end either, especially if the class gets any better. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, just looking at last year, I want to, point this out that you know right now tennessee's ranked nationally number two uh, number two class in the country per 24-7 with a, a, the first number one class in the sec but the average rating of this class is lower than last year where they ended up at number 10 so you, th- there is some room for improvement
2: no no doubt and that's and that's a great point and, and something that, that i think that average rating sort of helps give people some context at a time like this when there's such a big disparity in the number of commitments that a lot of teams have. Uh, you know, obviously it's really early in the year. I tell people not to worry too much about where a guy's rated at this point. If it's someone that the staff really loves and covets, you know, they last year was uh, offered a few really good examples of this. They took some guys early who ended up rising throughout the year in, in the rankings. And even some that didn't uh, end up rising that much, they, they just, they really liked them. And so you've got to trust, trust coaches on that to, to some degree. Uh, but you know, last year, a good example, they signed an offensive lineman from East St. Louis, Illinois, named Javante Spragans. He ended up being a, a high three-star prospect in the end. He was a nobody when he came to Tennessee's camp and, and got an offer and committed on the spot that day. A lot of people thought he was a throw-in to get this higher-ranked defensive back, Antonio Johnson, that Tennessee also got to commit that same day. Um, and he ended up signing with Texas A&M. But the, the, the prize of the two in their minds, I think, was, was Javante Spragans. Well, he ends up being one of the highest-ranked, Uh, centers or or guards in the, uh, in among the three-star rankings, he's just outside four-star status. So some of those guys moved up and I I think that's what you have to assume might happen with some of these guys, but sure, not all of them are going to move up. So you've got to continue to upgrade on the, on the quality in this class. And there's no doubt if they don't add much quality wise, uh, other teams are going to pass them in the rankings as they add to their classes. That's, that's how you have to assume it's going to happen. So they've gotten off to a good start with this run. But they've got to continue adding good players on top of good players if they want to have a chance to stay in that top five range. And they have work to do even to be in the top five at the end. As you said, this number where they're at right now looks more like a top 10 kind of class or a borderline top 10. They've got to add a few more to even have a pretty good argument to stay in the top 10. And they definitely have some work to do if they want to end up in the top five.
0: Absolutely. Like we said earlier, Maurice, there's definitely some room for improvement, but uh, when you've got three former recruiting uh, recruiters of the year on staff, it it makes it a little bit uh, easier on the mind if you're a Tennessee fan. So, and also
1: you're you're really building on some momentum at this point too. Mm-hmm. You've established it, and now it's just a matter of kind of keeping that that rock rolling downhill. And they they've gotten it off to a pretty good push for sure.
2: Well, you know, I I tell people all the time, I think recruiting, I think momentum in recruiting, as people often say, you know, like thinking if this guy or this, these two or three guys will commit, I think others will follow. I think that's often way overblown. I don't think most recruits are worried about following a a particular player or two players, unless it's a a deal where they're really trying to be a package deal. It can be totally overblown. In a case like this though, it's probably not overblown because you've just landed 11 players in two weeks. Um, people are talking about Tennessee across the country. That's not usually the case when you land two or three guys. There are people talking about what Tennessee is doing in places they normally don't. So this is different. And you're seeing some guys they've been recruiting for a long time who are looking at the number situation, just like we are Mm. and a lot of Tennessee fans are and saying, if I want to be in their class, I've got to commit sooner. I'm not going to have a spot. Mm. Um, Even even if that's not the case, I think that's feeding into the the need for some of these guys to go ahead and and jump in. And and Colby Smith, the four-star offensive tackle committed to Tennessee admitted that played into his thinking. He saw North Carolina, another school he looked at, starting to fill up a lot of in-state guys in their class, and he didn't want the same thing to happen with Tennessee. And so he said, you know, Tennessee's where I want to be. I don't need to put this off any longer. So I think you're seeing that kind of feed into this. That's where the mo- momentum really has helped is it's almost given the the perception that players need to start jumping in now if they want to have a chance to commit to Tennessee.
1: And, and I'm sure Pruitt and the staff aren't doing anything to dissuade that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, It's a fine line because you do have to, to, you know, make players feel there's not pressure, especially if it's a top target like that. You don't want to feel, and and you can't do that. The the reality is you can't do that with a guy like Terrence Lewis or Dylan Brooks. You know, you can't go get a five star and make him think it's he needs to commit because you're not going to be able to take him if he doesn't. So the the reality is you, you've got to, you've got to just flat out win some battles with some of these types, but yeah, when you get it rolling, when you, when you start getting a bunch of players like that, sure. um, They're, if there's a natural pressure there that they start to feel, uh, yeah, you, you probably don't talk them out of thinking that way because you, you always want to have good guys in the class, but there is a, a delicate sort of juggling act there between sort of maybe pointing out the situation as opposed to saying, Hey, you're important to us and we're going to wait out for as long as it takes to get a guy like you. Cause we just want you. Gotcha.
0: Absolutely. Ron, thanks so much for joining us, man. It has been a pleasure talking with you on the, uh, the inaugural, sports night podcast uh again this is ryan callahan a, a with 24 7 sports tennessee recruiting but also a uh murray county guy spring hill high school graduate and uh we hope to see you around uh, murray county sometime soon man
2: yeah i'm looking forward to getting back as soon as i can it's been a few months now but uh thanks for having me guys it's uh it's an honor to get things started and uh you know hopefully you guys can uh can, can find some real guests here soon that uh, can actually lend some, <laughs> lend some star power, you know? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, right. I don't, I'm not sure right now that there's a much bigger star for anybody <laughs> who's following um, Tennessee football and Tennessee recruiting. Ryan, we really appreciate you taking some time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: All
0: right, when we come back on Sports Night, we will close this out. Uh, thanks again for, uh, to, to Ryan Callahan, and we'll be right back on Sports Night. And welcome back to Sports Night. Maurice, uh, that was a great uh, interview there with Ryan Callahan. Got a a lot of inside information there from 24-7 Sports. So make sure you guys uh, are checking them out, 247sports.com. But also, if you want to hear more about local Murray County athletes, uh, sportsnighttn.com, and that's where you can find – plenty of information as we continue to, to, uh, tell the story of Murray County sports and, uh, Maurice, uh, you and I had a great, we've had a great beginning to this month. Um, had a great story on Will Dalton had some really cool stuff from, uh, from Martin Methodist that, which is a little bit farther South down in Pulaski, but, uh, Tell us a little bit about what you got coming up on uh, on SportsNight where they can uh, keep in touch with the Murray County sports.
1: Well, um, you know, right now, obviously, there's not a whole lot of sports going on. So, um, whatever we can come up with, we do have a couple of um, news pieces that um that I, that we're working on, and and I don't want to get too deep into them, but it it um affects some programs in and out of Murray County. And for right now, we'll just kind of leave it there.
0: Yeah, so you're definitely going to want to check back. And uh, like I said, keep your – you can sign up for free to get our newsletter. And uh, anytime we make a new post, you will get that absolutely free in your inbox. So uh, all you have to do is visit SportsNightTN.com, and uh, we will have that available for you. So make sure you do that. Once again, uh, thanks to Ryan Callahan from 24-7 Sports uh, for Maurice Patton. I'm Chris Yao. You guys have a great day, and keep it tuned in.